Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, hello, my name is Eric Estep. And I'm Scott Reevely. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Welcome back. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. My wife and daughter made it back from the other side of the world here this week, so I'm feeling good about that. That's great. They were gone for three weeks? Almost three weeks, yeah. And they're they're back, and then Marsha leaves again tomorrow. Oh, wow. But that's how it goes. So she's in high demand. She's in high demand. Awesome. So I'm going to start having to make some high demands of my own, I guess, and have her (laughs) stay around, maybe. Nice. I'm glad they're back as well. Um, They were in Slovenia, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And that they helped with one of our missionaries. They helped lead a camp, Mm -hmm. and everything went well. It's good. It did, and um, many of those folks are coming to visit uh, first week of August. So they're they're really looking forward to that. That'll be good. Good continuation. Well, what else is going on, Scott? Anything happened in the news lately? Well, <laughs> we have a cold take for you. <laughs> At, uh, that's the opposite of a hot take. We decided not to do a hot take on the Dobbs decision that came down on June uh, 24th, but uh, decided instead to, to let it sit for a little while and do a cold take. So there you go. Yeah, we don't have the resources to be a hot take podcast. Well, I'm not sure that my brain works fast enough to do <laughs> hot takes. So Lu- Lukewarm takes at, at best. They have to be tried out several times before they are good to go. So that's how they get cold. They just sit there for a while and then they cool mm-hmm. off. So anyway, but uh, the Dobbs the decision, as I imagine uh, you are aware, is the... Uh, decision that Supreme Court uh, rendered that overturns uh, Roe v. Wade and uh, Casey and uh, returns uh, abortion to the people and their elected representatives. And that was uh, kind of a a bombshell that Mm -hmm. day, for sure, Mm -hmm. even though it was leaked head, which was a different Kind of a double bombshell. A different thing if we had a different hot take. If we were really hot, we'd have nailed that too, but that cooled off too. But anyway, it was um, uh, it was a bombshell, and I didn't think really that I would live to see the day. And so this is a, it's very interesting to me. And I, uh, there were some people who had hot takes on it, and we'll talk about those in a minute, but before we do really any any takes, I think we just need to say up front that it is cause for um, it is cause for rejoicing and cause to be really thankful for the process in the country that we have and the fact that um, they worked on it like they did, because you know what we understand is that uh, from the scriptures, and we're sort of going to assume this today. That's kind of why I thought I would lead with it. Mm. Rather than just assume it and not say anything, I wanted to assume, to, to assume it but admit my assumption that um, we believe in the sanctity of human life because uh, human beings are made in God's image. Genesis one twenty seven says God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 
And so uh, our dignity is derived from our relationship with God. And so we do, um, you know, we, we are thankful for what went down here. And uh, because it does, I think, uphold the, the value of human life, and that's important to us. But um, we're going to assume that for the most part. And the, the thing that we're going to talk about today is uh, it's going to be a little bit of a civics lesson because things got so fired up and there was so much partisan, you know, polemic, angry, irate language that I think could be very confusing. And it just seemed to me that if the more you think about it, the, the simpler it gets. And that's kind of what I'm hoping will happen from our discussion of uh, sort of the civics of what went down with the Supreme Court decision in uh, Dobbs. So anyway, the, the, the reason that we thought we'd go this direction instead of the others has to do with what, uh, with emails and videos and things that we received the very day or the day mm. after uh, this went down. For instance, um, I got something from my senator, uh, Jeff Merkley, who said, today, a majority of unelected justices acted as a self-appointed super legislature to take away the right Americans have been guaranteed for over 50 years, one that large majorities of our people want to preserve. Now, that does sound kind of fired up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, I think that if you just sort of step back and think about this, these guy, the the, the uh, Supreme Court are unelected justices. Um, and I think you have to say, is that, a good, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, it sounds here like it's a bad thing. Oh, those guys are unelected. Right. Okay. It's at least used as a, it's, it's almost derogatory in the way it's being used. Right. But... As you know, as I think about what we've got, I mean, I have to be really, really thankful that we have uh, a system where the justices are unelected, mm-hmm. and that at the federal level, yes, at the federal level, and that kind of thing is the same. You know, it's the same way that President Biden went about it. He said, "With this decision, this," and he came out with this right away. With this decision, the conservative majority of the Supreme Court shows how extreme it is, how far removed they are from the majority of this country. Which, you know, struck me. I'm thankful that they're removed from the majority, that they're not subservient to um, uh, political swing or vote or anything like that. And so that is one of the things that are... um, that I think we want to highlight is this, the process of this was, was and the process of this decision and how it came down, what was in, for the most part, I think really healthy. The reaction, not so much, but um, anyway, it, there's just all kinds of language like that. Um, yeah, there's a, one of the best ideas is probably to be off Twitter that day. Oh, uh, I had to turn it off. I yeah, really there was. Didn't. I mean, there's there's tweets from people running for governor that like, oh, we we, we can't quote that on the podcast. That's not going to work out, uh, which is just surprising. Um, but you're right. I think the the goal of today is kind of to kind of piece this stuff apart 
and help us think, okay, how, how are we civically organized? Um, because some of the things quoted here had a deep frustration about what the judicial branch is doing um, for, and accusing it of acting like a legislature. Um, I'd say in general, it was kind of reverse. And 50 years ago, it was acting like a legislature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want us to help understand. We, we've gone through this before in past episodes, um, but this is this gives us an opportunity to do that and go through it again uh, to talk through really how is how is our system organized? And there is there's a judicial branch, there is an executive branch, there's a legislative branch, um, and they all do different things. Um, and even that organization is something very unique. Uh, in the past, you would have um, if you were in some type of uh, monarchy or something like that, you could have within the same person, um, the judicial, the mm. executive, the legislative. Uh, and the fact that those are removed from each other in our system is what makes this so unique. Um, so uh, at just a basic level, we have the legislative branch is the one that writes laws. And if, if you're picturing the, I just keep, now that I thought about the king, you could have, I'm going to write this law, and then I'm going to execute it. I'm going to use the power I have to make sure you follow this law. And then if there's ever some conflict about this law, you're going to have to come to me, and I'm going to be the judge about it. And you can see how many conflicts are there. There's one, there's, there's no check. There's no check of power. It's good to be king. <laughs> it's good to be king. Um, and in our system, those are three different things. So uh, in our system, the legislative branch, they work through... Um, how, 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 what laws are going to be written? How are they going to be written? And if you were to uh, read through the Constitution, um, art, Article 1, the, the beginning of the whole organization of our system, Article 1, is all about the legislative branch. So you talk about the Article 1 branch of government. And it says in Article 1, Section 1, all legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and, and the House of Representatives, um, or and House of Representatives. So even within that, it's, it's broken up again so that things don't move too quickly. And they're supposed to be um, of the, the, the ability to follow the majority will. Uh, that happens in the House of Representatives, that it's quick. You can, you can quickly pass things there, and it's just obvious that they're kind of going with the flow of whatever the entire country is thinking at the time. And then the Senate um, was originally designed to represent the states. So there's two from mm-hmm. each state, and it kind of slows it down, like the, 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 po- the populist branch um, is moving quickly and the Senate branch would go, eh, hold up. Let's, let's think about this before we, before we do this, let's, let's ponder. Um, so you had to have buy-in from both sides. And then in our, in our, um, system, the president would have to sign it as well. Uh, but all that article one, uh, the branch of most prominence, article one, they're the ones that write the laws. And then the second article, um, of the constitution, is the executive branch. They're the ones vested with the power. It says in section one of article two, the executive power shall be vested in, in a president of the United States of America. So the president is the one given the authority to execute the laws written by the legislative branch. And then the article three branch. Well, can, can I interrupt you right there? Oh yeah, go ahead. Because again, the, President Biden's response to this Dobbs ruling did include this. So he had some mm-hmm. of his civics pretty squared away here, which comforts me since he's the president. And it says, uh, he said, in, in terms that I wouldn't use, of course, but he said, Congress must restore the protection of Roe v. Wade as federal law. Okay, all of a sudden, he 
identify the legislative branch as the one that needs to make law. Mm -hmm. And then he said, right after that, no presidential executive action can do that. Oh, he was square on the Mm -hmm. executive branch also. Um, His conclusion was that Roe is now on the ballot. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I was was, um, encouraged by that. So he got Article 1 and Article 2 squared away. Now continue with Article 3. Sorry about that. Article 1, Article 2, Article 3. Article 3 is the judicial branch. And in Section 1, it says, The judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. So maybe you'll hear about, uh, well, the Supreme Court is is the one we're talking about now with Dobbs. But you may hear about a circuit court um, or various appellate courts. And those happened after to kind of create a system um, where all these judicial needs can be met throughout the country. Um, And the judicial power is the power to um, judge between conflicting parties. And in this particular case, the conflicting parties were um, Dobbs, state health officer of the Mississippi Department of Health versus Jackson, Jackson Women's Health Organization. So uh, these two things were in conflict. These two parties were in conflict, and it's the judicial branch that holds the power to judge between them, um, with the Constitution uh, in mind. What does the Constitution say? And now we're going to figure out who is right between these two, based on what the Constitution says. And so, if you if you understand the judicial branch to be that way, then you would have to go back to um, what Merkley said, for instance. These unelected justices acted as self-appointed super legislators. And uh, that's not really what they did. Mm. They, were, they were arbitrating between two um, parties, like you said. And they had to decide, is, that, is it constitutional or not? Is, is Roe constitutional, but is the ability for the federal government to control abortion, a constitutional right that belongs to the American people by virtue of the Constitution. That was what they were wrestling with. And so um, one, of the, one of our, I think I can say our favorite videos that we have in, enjoyed um, as far as civics go is that uh, Ben Sass has been the, what is he, the head of the Judiciary Committee. He's not, he's not the head. Well, he's just what, a member what, of. He was, though. He, he was in one of the hearings. I thought he was anyway. No, that would have been like a Cornyn or a Graham at, the, at those times. He's, he's a junior member. Well, I... <laughs> he's a junior. I, okay. I mean, junior just, senator from Nebraska. Okay. Well, he served anyway on the committee. He was definitely on the committee. judiciary committee, yes. Uh, my bad. Um, but he... Uh, I was way too ready with that. <laughs> you were. I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to... I'm ready to get him to run for president, but that's a different story. <laughs> You uh, anyway, one of our favorite videos is that he's done this really with the last three hearings, I think, mm-hmm. where he gives a civics lesson, and you can YouTube Ben Sass. Uh, well, I'll put it in the show notes actually. Uh, one of those civics lessons, but one of uh, one of my favorite things that he says is that why why are the justices robed in black? Mm. Do you remember what he said about that? That was a different video, but. Go, remind me, remind me. Oh, I wanted you to pull that out. You, <laughs> I, I'm, anyway, I'm, I'm working to pull it out right now. No, it's really, it was something basically because they, 
it, it's not about them. Mm. They're to be impersonal arbiters of justice. Right. And so it's not they about don't wear party jerseys. Yeah. They have robes. Right. Yeah. It's their essentially their way of hiding, you know, not hiding out of fear, but hiding their own personal bias so that they can, you know, deal with the law as it is. That's that mm-hmm. was one of the, his yeah. things. And that they are not elected so that they don't have to answer to the majority and they can do what is right by the law regardless of, you know, public opinion, which, mm-hmm. which everyone seemed to take issue with in this particular decision. Another thing he talks about in the, and we can put it in the show notes, the um, civics lesson, he talks about the Article One branch giving up their prerogatives, basically. If the Article One branch is supposed to legislate, if they go, eh, we don't really want to, um, uh, there's a quote, Goldberg calls them now a parliament of pundits. They, they're more interested, it seems, in making speeches and being on TV and all that kind of stuff rather than legislating. And so they keep giving up their power to legislate. Um, so who, who takes that power? Well, sometimes the executive takes that power and that ramps up the intensity of every presidential election because we go, ah, oh, it's this one person that does all these things. And the other um, branch that has historically taken on some of the legislative role has been the Article Three branch, uh, the judicial branch. And if the, that's the emphasis um, in Article One, the Article One branch is not doing what it's supposed to do, then everything ramps up and gets really intense because, okay, now it's, it's dependent on the single person who appoints people to the Supreme Court, or it's, a, it's just these nine people. And uh, that's, that's a kind of a misalignment of our system. That's not how it's supposed to be. The Article One branch is supposed to go, no, we legislate, get your hands off our stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're supposed to do this. Uh, but they haven't been doing that. Which is ironic because it's my senator, right, that's saying, <laughs> it's sort of abdicating that and blaming the uh, judiciary system, which is funny. So, mm-hmm. um, but the... So that's one that's one thing we thought we needed to like highlight is the role of each of these um, because the um, Supreme Court was uh, accused of legislating this. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you read the opinion itself, and we'll put that in the show notes as well, the opinion is really pretty clear about what they're doing. Uh, I mean, uh, the president blamed them for things, uh, you know. Our governor did, the governor of California. I mean, everybody blamed them for things that they weren't doing. They're very clear about what they're doing. And I, I thought as a, as a layman that it was quite readable and quite, um, quite interesting. So they, they said, before this court, petitioners defend the act on the grounds that Roe and Casey were wrongly decided and that the act is constitutional because it satisfies rational basis review held the constitution does not confer the right to abortion roe and casey are overruled and the authority to regulate the abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives i mean that is right up front in the decision what that that says what they're doing they are they are making it clear to us the american people that it is now our responsibility and responsibility of lawmakers, elected representatives, to decide this. And then they go on to talk about how um, 
how they think that Roe was just the opposite of that, where Roe, in fact, did uh, take that legislative function. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll find that here in just a second. Um, and while he's looking for that, it's, it's worth, I, I've quoted mm. from the Constitution a couple times. Scott's quoted from the opinion. You can read these things yourselves. And, and I would recommend that rather than just uh, grabbing headlines and trying to figure out. S- spend some time. Read the opinion if you're interested. Uh, read the Constitution. It's actually pretty short, and it, it organizes uh, our, our uh, national government, and it's pretty fascinating and will help you understand how to think about how, how it works I like here. that you recommended it because it's short. <laughs> well, I, I say that because I, I've read that and then the, um, the state Constitution as well. And the state Constitution is is long compared to it the, is, yeah. the national constitution. So easy, easy read. Yeah. So here is part of the, um, here is part of the opinion it says at the time of Roe, 30 States still prohibited abortion at all stages in the years prior to that decision, about a third of the States had liberalized their laws, but Roe abruptly ended that political process. It imposed the same highly restrictive regime on the entire nation and it effectively struck down the abortion laws of every single state. That's in that's in the opinion. And what the what the the, the court did is they said that back then Roe took the legislative function and essentially changed the laws of everybody of every single state, which is striking. Mm-hmm. And so that accounts for some of their um, opinion. Um, they, yeah, the, the court could hardly be clear that they, uh, <laughs> that they didn't do what they were accused of doing, right? So here's, here's Governor Newsom from California. The Supreme Court has made it clear. Okay, now he hasn't apparently read the opinion because he says they've made it clear. They want to strip women of their liberty and let Republican states replace it with mandated birth because the right to choose an abortion is not deeply rooted in history. Now, the Supreme Court was very clear on what they were going to do, and they said it in that first paragraph, that um, they wanted to return this decision to the people and their elected representatives. And they said that throughout the entire opinion. As you continue to read it, they say it um, over and over and over, that it's it needs to be returned to the people, which I think, um, I, I think is a good idea. I mean, think about that. It's, um, people are up in arms about the people making the decision. That shouldn't be the case, I don't think. Unless, of course, you're nervous they'd make a different opinion than yours, I think. Sure. So. One, it allows for um, argument to happen. And if you disagree with the way things turn out, you can hold people accountable for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's why those are elected branches. Right. Um, when it's in on elected branches, you can't hold people accountable. Um, so to put that back into the sphere of um, really op- opinion, mm-hmm. then there there has to be argument. There has to be um, argument on either side of, of issues. And the people doing that arguing are held accountable by the people who elected them into office. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have that structure in place for this for this issue before. Well, yeah, and that's you know again that's kind of how we got into this, 
was that 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 was a profound change and and they weren't accountable for 50 years they weren't account you know the because it was a court decision there you couldn't elect or you know a judge or somebody that was going to overturn that mm-hmm. you know it wasn't like it was a law that needed to be repealed and you could get somebody you could elect somebody to do that they said on a different page abortion represents a profound moral question the constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority, which means they took or claimed it without justification. The court overrules those decisions and returns the authority to the people and their elected representatives. And so over and over, it's um, talking about returning the decisions to the people. And I think that um, that that's what's supposed to happen when you have a court decision, or that's what's supposed to happen with laws and things like that. So we, just the civics of this make me happy to live where we live. Mm. You know, I mean, that's really what we're trying to do here, I think. Um, so what does this mean for, we, we've talked through civics. Um, what does this mean for the listeners? People are listening in going, well, okay, we got a civics lesson, but maybe who cares? What, what am I supposed to do with this? What What's changed? What do we do now? Well, I would probably state the mandate differently than uh, the president did. But he said that, the, uh, that Roe is now on the ballot. And I would say, yeah, abortion is now in the hands of the people. And it will be decided by lawmakers. And it probably is on the ballot. And so... I, I do think that people need to give, um, well, probably more careful consideration to their elected officials on this particular issue than they did before. Mm. And so that's that's one is to recognize that it got you know you might say pushed down. It's not federally available now, but it is state by state. And uh, so so pay attention to what it is in your state and and vote appropriately. That's Mm. Um, that's the first thing. I think the second thing is to recognize that I think the the Christian obligation is to um, is to care for those who uh, are unable to care for themselves, which is why we care about uh, the unborn. But it also must be why we care about mothers and their dignity mm. and their you know, especially when there is some inability to um, take care of children. I mean, I think the church needs to be very active and sensitive to in that situation. Right. So uh, those those are a couple things, and um, I'm just really, really thankful that the church has been doing that and has a track mm-hmm. record really from the very earliest days of taking care of women and taking care of of uh, of even unwanted babies, so right. I think that's good. I I've heard of some legislation. Um, just as we're as we're wrapping up, there's a, a Romney plan that's trying to organize, uh, basically, trying to e- end poverty for children. And one of the ideas he had was to. Uh, increased child payments. We've we've had like child tax credits and things like that. 
Um, and maybe if you have kids, you notice they were bigger the last couple of years because of some of the federal legislation. Uh, but one of his plans was to um, add add payments and include the ability to pay those payments. I think it was uh, f- four months before birth. Um, so a- as a means of reducing poverty, as a means of taking care of people who, uh, what and, do I do? I can't. Yeah, communicating to women that right. that you can do this. We're, here, that, we're here to help you. Yeah, yeah, we're here to help him. And I thought that was a super interesting idea um, and one that uh, puts puts some money behind that, that pro-life emphasis mm-hmm. as well um, for, for baby and for mama. And that's just really... I thought that was a cool idea. It's mm-hmm. not passed, but it's a plan, and it's yeah. it's in the Senate. So and it's certainly worth talking about and mm-hmm. yeah, paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know, there's um, you know, just to kind of wrap up that what happened with the Dobbs decision was what's supposed to happen with a decision, and I think that all the hand wringing and all the partisan mm-hmm. um, polemics need not throw us off and we don't I, I one of the reasons we want to do this is I don't want to react in that same way right like uh-huh I don't want to have that kind of a conversation right that's like uh, that, that's just what children do I mean it really did sound like what mm. children do what I would what I would much rather us do is say listen <laughs> you go back to the Constitution like Eric did go back to, to the decision itself and say, these are the things that actually happened. These are the things that the court was actually doing. And we're grateful to live in a place that has a process like this. And may that be, um, you know, may the church and may the Christians and may Americans be accountable for how we handle it when it's referred back to us. Mm. So anyway, that's kind of the way that I'm thinking about it and kind of why we wanted to kind of take this angle. Because mm-hmm. this angle to me is a way to afford to get around going back and forth because because people really do have different belief systems underneath the way that they vote on this. Right. And you're not going to shout other people out of theirs, but we do have a system that helps us with this, and that's what we wanted to highlight. Well, this should be able to make a place for you to be able to talk with someone uh, rather than just do that shouting game, which is completely unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, as, a, as a means of, hey, can we actually talk? Um, if, if we actually want to have a conversation, this might be a way to do that. So then you can get down to the other the, the level of dif- disagreement from a, a kind way, from a, mm-hmm. um, uh, a desire to understand. So jump in, see what happens. There you go. Um, if you do want some more talk, on, we are clearly lay, lay people on the level of uh, legal discourse, or, or judicial discourse, rather. Um, so... Uh, one of the things I found helpful was the Advisory Opinions podcast, and we can put that in the show notes. They they are smart lawyers, and they can talk through the judicial opinions. So if you're interested in kind of doing a deep dive on that, um, you can look at that uh, link as well, and that would be helpful. Until next time, though, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and rate us. If you find what we're doing helpful, a review goes a long way uh, to getting this to other people. Share this with a friend. If you have questions, send them to comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. You could also record a question at speakpipe.com slash city on a hill podcast. And we look forward to the next conversation.